This is Brain Fuzz, the art, music and culture podcast with Joe Camusa and Matthew White. You're listening to a live stream recording of Brain Fuzz on site from their residency at the Temporary Arts Centre in Atlanta. It's messier than usual, in a good way. Today, Joe and Matthew speak with architectural photographer Frederick Brower about his work and different approaches in photographing his subjects. They discuss Frederick's career path and even share tips for artists and gallerists photographing their own works. This is episode 57. You have described yourself as an architectural photographer. At least I saw that on your website. Well, so I pay the bills by photographing a lot of architecture. Okay. So it's pretty easy to, I mean, call yourself that. When, but I mean, also being a photographer, it's very hard to say what you are, and then because I mean, you're you're capturing light mm-hmm. device, and uh, I mean, I point that thing at all kinds of things. It just happened so that I, when I moved to Atlanta, I kind of fell into this uh, field out of kind of by accident mm-hmm. that way. Yeah. through uh, modern Atlanta or Ma and uh, now it's called the Atlanta Design Festival well I wasn't a part of it at the time and I was just looking for, for work and one of my really good friends uh, a fellow Swede uh, uh, Stefan Svensson architect uh, had uh, several properties in it density design and um at one of his parties at the studio, Bernard from uh, Modern Atlanta came in, and uh, I was introduced, and he said, you should photograph architecture. I said, well, that sounds pretty good. So I started doing it. And I photographed one property, and then I've been doing that book for about seven, eight years now, for Modern Atlanta. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, it, the annual, yeah. You've got, you've got works here that... Um you know, and I've seen them. You know, I've seen a lot on Instagram, and then I've seen seen some of your work. And the stuff that's hanging here, it, you know, when you walk through, you read it as a critique. At least I read it as a yeah. critique of development um, and the way that we develop. Am I am I reading right. too much into it? Or I mean, that's an interesting way to see it. <laughs> I, I think I. Uh... I was really taken with the materials okay. that that is exposed at the time. Okay. And, uh, the kind of ridiculous colors they come in. I mean, they. Yeah. I don't know for what reason they are like that, but maybe it's so you make sure that you cover it so mm-hmm. you don't see any of that crazy blue or whatever it is you know that that shines through. But um, I th- I think it's also. Maybe not so much a critique, but also just a like a testament of the time to show what's under. I remember driving uh, one day. I mean, this was like five years ago, probably. Was it Piedmont next to Lindbergh? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And they were building this uh, five-story building there, right? And uh, it was just like on these teeny tiny stilts. Because they hadn't built the the bottom floor yet, it was it was in a uh, on an elevation, 
and uh, I photographed it and I, I put it on Facebook or on Instagram and I commented something. I was like, this just doesn't look right. <laughs> it looked like it was going to fall down. But uh, that kind of made me interested in, in this whole, like, these building practices around the city and, and uh, kind of how they differ from uh, where I've lived before and where I come from. They just seem more relaxed with with uh, like uh, code with or? code. Yeah, in a in a way, it's it's just it makes for a funny looking scene. Where do you see the differences most? It just it just seems like if you if you require less by law uh -huh. in safety and uh -huh. you know, no one is gonna go to extra to, oh, to yeah. provide it, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Absolutely. this is all like regulation. <laughs> so yeah. true. So, yeah. so if you can build uh, five-story stick buildings, yeah. you know, you're going to do it because it's cheap. Yeah. And then you just kind of tear it down after 20 years and build a new one. Yes. Because that's, I mean, because yeah. none, none of these buildings really look like they're going to like stand you know, yeah. for hundreds and hundreds, like in like in Europe or New York or, you right, know. Right, Or the building we're in, actually. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Matter. I mean, this has been here for a long time. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you consider America. Yeah. You know. Yeah, no one's making brick buildings anymore. Well, it's so, it's so and, or if they do, it's a facade and there's right. a tinderbox behind it, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. One picture that I really enjoy, and it's actually up here, is the, um, is the picture. Tell the story of the library in Atlanta. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I, so I would the, rather hear it from. So the Marcel Brewer, <laughs> I'm gonna say it. <laughs> I'm with you. Let's just do it that way. Uh, library. It's the, it's the Atlanta Central Library. It's where they have their headquarters, right? I know Atlanta is very like Portman centric when it comes to mm -hmm. big downtown architecture, mm -hmm. but uh, I mean that's this is my favorite building in the city. I mean, it might not be the most friendly to be inside if you like daylight, you know. <laughs> but uh, I think just looking at it and, and being next to it, it has a certain, it has a presence. Mm -hmm. When you stand next to it, you, you feel like you are in presence of something special, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, then a couple of years ago, or it was a couple of years ago, I think, they started talking about changing it and making windows in it and yeah. uh, there was all these uh, committee groups and and uh, you know Facebook groups that came up and they were against it or for it or it, I mean now it doesn't really matter because it was going to go that way anyway but um, so when they decided to do it I mean you kind of just have to embrace it I'm not going to be too upset about it you know you have to go on yeah yeah I mean, yeah and uh i thought it was a shame but uh, uh i was working to uh, for this show to uh, have these images in it and uh, i really wanted to take a make an image of that building mm -hmm. even though i mean it's like hurts but mm -hmm. i think it, it was important you know, to, mm -hmm. to include it. And uh, it was the last one I did for it. And I I went there in the summer 
and uh, walked around it. And um, there is, like, strategically, there is uh, parking garages on two sides of it. So you can just walk in and walk up each floor, and you can see the progress. Oh, okay. And on the west side, there is, like, a gigantic scar down that goes several floors down. And it's just open to the... So I, I went there first, and I said, well, well this is just... I mean, it's, 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 I mean, it's like delicious, you know, you look at it and you're like, wow, this is, I mean, in its destruction and mayhem, it's already done. So you can just embrace it and, and take it for what it is. But, uh, I started to, uh, work on that side and, uh, it proved to be very difficult to get the whole, uh, the whole side in one image, still working on that one because you had to go to different floors and take images and then kind of stitch it together, you know? Oh, wow. Yeah, which is a, is a tedious uh, process because of the, the structure of the building, too, those uh, cement plates that have the, the, uh, the lines that go top right to bottom left all the way down the building, right? And uh, whenever you line that up, you you uh, you have to line it up perfectly, otherwise it doesn't work. Yeah. And uh, so I was working on that side a lot, and uh, I, I got some great images from it. But then I work uh, went to the north side of it, and uh, a couple of times I was there, and the light was just hitting perfect, like in the afternoon from the west, because it came right around the the equitable building, which is no longer called equitable, I guess. But uh, when it hits around there, it uh, it just shines right on those uh, those lines mm -hmm. and creates these amazing shadows, and uh, it just worked out. But that image too is like it, I mean it's pieced together of six different photographs. It was just easier to get it because of the placement of the parking garage that I was in uh -huh. was a little further away from the wall itself, so you could get some. Some distance from the from the uh, from the library uh, to yourself, and then I could like piece it together. So I mean, it's like gigantic image. See, in yeah. in that case, that and a lot of people don't realize this. Still, even after all of that, yeah. uh, in in the Atlanta community, that 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 is an important piece of architecture because it's an example of brutalist architecture, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Brutalism. So when you go to a site like that. Are, do you view yourself as documenting that work, or do you see yourself capturing the play of light? I think that. Okay, so that's a very good, the important definition right here. So if you go there and you photograph it just like it is, right? Mm -hmm. Then you are documenting Marcel Brewer's library. Mm -hmm. And I think it becomes a little different when you have augmentation to it. Like, there was this moment, and that kind of presented a opportunity for me to make, make like, an image of my own. Mm -hmm. Because it was, there was some, there was an event happening. And that, that event of kind of um, uh, 
well, it was so it's sensitive to time because it's only in the moment, right? Next day, they might put plastic over it or yeah, something like that. Yeah, right. It was just or this, the light changes. Or exactly. It was just this empty hole yeah. in it. And um, I think it presented a, a opportunity for me to make something that I felt comfortable showing as my own, if that makes sense. For me as a yeah. viewer, that's where the critique comes in because I see that hole in improvement with podcast air quotes on something that was already great. Yeah. That's where the critique comes in. But then there's also, there's a, there's the beauty in it as well. When I look at the um, the uh, construction of, the, I think it's townhomes or condos, and, and you're talking about the raw materials. Yeah. There's a beauty in that. But then there's also, to me, that critique of, is this a good thing? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that, that comes with it for sure. Yeah. I mean, we, because... When I, you make a gigantic photograph, you have to look at it. Like, I mean, I made these photographs because I want to just look at them. Like, I can, I can but, look. But you really had to dig in and experience it and spend time there. You know, most people yeah. take a pic. You know, it's like a snapshot, quick, and move on. Like, obviously, you were there multiple days, yeah. different times of the day, different weather. Um, but um, I mean, it's, it's it all- does change though. Like from the time yeah. I take it. Like from the time of the experience there, the experiences, the experience for me of being there is uh, almost, it's not that pleasant. Like it's very sort of, it's a strange place to be uh, when I'm in it. It's, uh, Specifically, uh, you're fun. not talking that project but just in general you mean in general being on site are you yeah. uncomfortable like physically like you're you're antsy like what well i was i i was in new orleans you know maybe like four years ago i did a project there i was standing in uh, in gretna on the on the west bank on the levee and i was photographing towards the city right and uh I started getting, it was, it's early in the morning. It's like right at, right at time. I mean, I'm there at like 4.30. And I'm standing there and I'm saying, thinking to myself, like, why am I feeling this way? Like, what is going on? Like, I was just feeling sort of lightheaded and, and kind of heavy and removed from the situation. And uh, it hit me that every time I photograph, I hold my breath like for an extended period of time, right? Yeah. So I like, I start to, I start to like sweat mm. and I'm uncomfortable and my, you know, when you hold your breath, your heart starts pumping faster and it all becomes, and that, then it became very apparent to me like what is going on when I'm photographing. And uh, for me, it's more about just collecting the necessary data at the moment so I can make what I have sort of made up in my mind when I go back to the studio. And uh, usually it's, uh, I've come to a understanding in how my process works. And uh, so I take it, I have that experience, which is not that great. Uh, but in knowing what can become of it, it's, it has to happen, right? Because that's what I want to look at. 
Yeah. Right. So usually I let it uh, just percolate for like two days. I maybe, you know, go and uh, transfer the files to secure place. And uh, then after two days, you start to look at it, you know. And uh, then you make the image. I mean, it might take more than two days. And then you look at it. You have it up. And then uh, if I still want to look at it after two weeks, I know I have a good one, you know. But if I yeah, if, if yeah. I if I start to like, and then and then you can sort of you move to the next one, and uh, if I want to go back and look at it after two months, then you're pretty sure it's like, yeah, that's good. That's uh, that's interesting. I wonder when you're holding your breath, it, that's your that's a subconscious reaction to something going on in your. In your head, I wonder, is it anticipation? Is it anxiety about getting everything right? I don't know what... It, I think it, it became... It intensified. There was this moment in my life when uh, when everything, like this world we live in, uh, just... It was like a... It was a very physical experience. And it, everything just flattened up and became flat like two-dimensional. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think it was just because af- after you practice photography for so long, yeah, that's just how the natural world becomes, you know? And uh, then when you sort of start to arrange, you, you come to a scene and you start to look at it and you start to arrange all these objects uh, which more or less in, at this point just become shapes mm-hmm. with color, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, if you kind of move your head around or move your body, the, the relationship between these shapes change completely. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, that's kind of how I work in making images. It's a I mean, it's very and, similar to a painting process. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I think that's in, in it's in that process where I don't breathe. <laughs> I got you. Yeah. I mean, that's fine because yeah. I I would hold my breath. I probably still do if I'm using uh, a real camera, but like with without a tripod, it's that same thing. Like, yeah, I because I feel like I'm a little shaky. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I certainly catch myself holding breath, like the painting certain yeah. types of lines and trying to go for, yeah. you know, like whenever you're concentrating, it's a weird. Yeah. So, but th- yeah. So like creating in that sense is so different than the other part of create. Like they're, you know, they're, and oftentimes it's just so, you know, we live here in the city and it's, I mean, Atlanta is just, wicked hot in the summer I mean it's it's brutal yeah and I'm just like sweating you know my shirt is just sticking to me and it's just gross and but you still have to do it you gotta mm-hmm. do the work mm-hmm. you can't just stop yes yeah when yeah. you are um, working on site like that do you and you're working digitally do you ever shoot film or is that just too distracting like is there kind of just like a Almost a 
you, it's almost like a film crew shooting B-roll or something. Like, do you ever get extra so material? The whole film digital thing came about just out of access, really. Because when I uh, uh, I went to, I mean, when I moved from Stockholm to Boston, went to school, I never worked in Boston, you know. I moved to Chicago after that, and uh, that's where I started to work as a photographer. And I was mainly a magazine photographer. And uh, especially in the beginning, and if you, you know, if it was a cover story, you, it was always film. You, you photographed film. Yeah. And uh, I, I did it medium format at the time. And uh, it was great. You were just, just good at it. I mean, you, you shot in the day, you went down to the lab at night, you, you, got, the, you got the test, you know, a couple of tests of the film, and you said, all right, this one is good, let's just run with that, and they ran the film, and then you, you got it, and you ran it down, down to the magazine. I mean, that was just like a process. It was a different process. And then I moved down here, in 2008 and uh, started looking for a lab for uh, to process the film and I found a lab so I, I tried them out I had a roll of film I had them you know just make a couple of uh, contact sheets for me and uh, it came back and it was like comical like the it was just riddled with dust like you almost couldn't see the image <laughs> the contact sheet I was like what is this? Wow. <laughs> it was just, I mean, I, I was just questioning, like, I, I don't know if I can use this place professionally. And uh, then I kind of just, uh, like, I just abandoned it. I was like, I'm just, no, now it's digital. You know, I'm just going to do it. And then it just became uh, a way of sort of making digital look like film. That became sort of the, the deal. And uh, after a while, you became pretty good at it. And uh, it worked out. And, and you know, digital cameras became better and better. And um, that's just how it worked out. I mean, I know there's a lot of talk about, like, what's best here. It seems, though, it's mostly people that are, uh, and I'll throw myself into that, you know, like the casual... I don't even want to say photographer, you know, versus like pros. They're the ones that have this romantic attachment to, to film and this, this nostalgia versus like, obviously, if you're doing this for a living, I can't imagine how from a time and resource, yeah. like that project, if you were shooting that on film. It's very difficult to, I mean, and it's, it's very costly. And I mean, time-wise, I don't know if sure. my, all my clients, you know, they expect a certain turnaround. I mean, it's reasonable you know how does it differ when you're on site for a client this the stuff that you were describing about you know holding your breath and um how, how does that differ when you're setting up for someone else at, at someone else's direction like they want you i want yeah. a document of this thing it's really similar mm -hmm. i would say i mean most people that hire me i think they hire me because they know what I do and they've seen my work and 
I mean, either I worked with them for a long time or, or they're new, you know, they've seen it. And um, I think the expectations are in there, you know, what, what I will produce. And of course, we always go through uh, what they need, their expectations. We put together like a shot list and uh, then you just go through it. And if I see something I like, I do that too. And you point that out? and I mean, I just photograph it. But it's usually, I, I, I time it out. You know, you have to, uh, in the estimate, I have timed out how many shots they want and how many I can produce. So yeah. it's like, you know, it's within the estimate. So you, you can't, you know, go too far away from it. But there's always, there's always room to play. But the process is very similar in how I deal with spaces, I would say. It just becomes kind of systematic and, you know, it's, it's easier to, whenever you have a system that works, you can, you get the freedom to, to kind of create the, the scene if you have all that just taken yeah. care of and automatic, you know? I've, I've come to a point in my career where I, I know what, what can be done in what amount of time. Yeah. And, you know, I have a pretty good idea of what people... And I think that confidence thing is translated to clients. That's, I'm sure that's why, you know, it sounds like things are going very well, but that's what people want. You know, no headaches. This will get done. It'll be right. It'll be on time. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, that's, it's a good way to pay your bills. Yeah. I love it. And I'm really glad I, I, uh, I got into it. When I moved down here, I had no idea, because it was it was kind of a crapshoot. It was two thousand eight, like right. No one was spending money. That's right. Yeah, 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 that's true. It was like the worst ever. And then crazy growth, and that's provided so many opportunities for you. Yeah, but there was a time there, like in two thousand eight, Atlanta looked like it was yeah different. Totally it was different. different. Work sites were just left abandoned you know nature was claiming that territory back yeah you'd have stubs yeah yeah and uh and then this crazy growth came which is i mean i've never seen growth like this like ever where i've lived many places and i've never seen this i mean it's like is it sustainable i don't know with with the prices being up and the production being so high I did. It, it seems like a... I mean, it seems yeah. like it all just happened overnight, but obviously the timelines for all these giant mm -hmm. um, builds you yeah. know, obviously go back years, but it is staggering just driving down you know, to Cab Avenue yeah. and seeing all the cranes. And, yeah. uh, I mean, uh, I hope it holds up, like all this, you know, that... I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't could know. just be blowing another bubble. I mean... I mean, uh, doesn't it kind of look like it? Well, it sure feels like it. It sure feels like it. I don't know, man. So, looking through your portfolio, yeah. I saw um, museum shots, and of course, um, you're you're actually photographing work here. Yeah. For it's a book, right? Yeah. Catalog or a catalog? Yeah. Um, yeah. I call it book. I think Scott calls it a catalog. <laughs> I just, book just sounds more serious. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to I want to pick your brain a little bit because okay. one of the big challenges for artists and galleries is documenting shows and documenting their work. Absolutely. Um, 
So you obviously have yeah. got this down. But if if you have to do it on your own, as most of us do, what uh, what would you what were, what are the I would say forty key things to remember? Use a tripod. Tripod always. Yeah. Expose for your highlights. Say that again. Expose for your highlights. Yeah. Okay. Explain just, that a little. Just bit. get the shadows up a little bit. You know. Yeah. Because you got to preserve those highlights. Otherwise, you're 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 just dead in the water. You know? Yeah. If you don't have uh, texture yeah. in the highlights, right? You, it's not going to work out. Yeah. And then just look at the show and like men- make a mental note of what it actually looks like, and try to replicate that. Mm-hmm. And that's how you do it. Don't make it brighter or darker or whatever, because it's not your show. Like you're documenting it, right? And uh, I started to do it for for my buddies, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, first, I did it for Scott. Then, you know, I did it for uh, William and mm-hmm. Michi, and mm-hmm. and, uh, and we've been, you know, they've been trading work, you know, so it, it's good. But uh, and then I started doing other shows, like you know, uh, the Mocha GA shows, and, and I haven't done all of them, and. Uh, I kind of see it like, like it's it's a, I mean it's a responsibility, and yeah. it has to look just good. Mm-hmm. It has to look amazing, and that's just how you have to do it. I want this city to thrive. I want the art right. scene to thrive. This is in my best interest, right? So if I'm gonna do that, I'm gonna do it damn well, and I think everyone else should too. Like the, you gotta spend energy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and time and money a little bit of money yeah to I, just, it's to, worth it to I just mean. make it look good i mean if you're gonna be on the basel and mm-hmm. and competing with new york and la and chicago you gotta look that way what about in cases where it's not a gallery like you, you're in your studio and you've got what you think is a fairly decent setup but there's also something natural about it. I've seen more shots lately, and I tend to kind of like these, where it's um, it's not a perfect white cube. It's it's got a little more character, maybe. It's in the, the studio porn, you mean? Where yeah, kind of the studio porn. Yeah. in the studio. And yeah. yeah. Not staged at all. <clears throat> well, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean... But I, what do you think about that? I, I don't know. I like to show that. work off. Yeah. I mean, that just shows that someone cares enough to make it look effortless but it's totally <laughs> well, a lot of work I've seen uh, a few I mean <laughs> I mean it's it, I think it's when you when you start sharing and, and we have these like Instagram and, yeah you know if you share something good I'm happy with it like I I mean if I have something good I'm gonna share it it, it just like if I share something on Instagram it just has to be real good Oh yeah, you can't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's you know you can't. I I can't walk around with my phone and just like snap pictures of unless you got a separate page like kids and kittens and stuff. You know, it's got to be a good photograph no matter what it is. But I mean, what's amazing about these uh, the devices that we carry around now is there's actually quite a bit of capability, oh, especially absolutely. with the new with with the eleven yeah. iPhone eleven. Uh huh. Um, I've seen some pictures of that. It's incredible. 
No, I think they, I mean, they really are. It's astonishing. And you, I mean, you, it's good. I mean, if if you know what you're doing with the phone, you can. You can shoot your portfolio that way. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah. What's the pitfall there, though, if you do it that way? Is it? I just think you have to just know what you're getting. Like, are you going to make big prints out of it? You probably could. You got to know the size. You have to know, like, if. So I have all these images from my phone in my, uh, on my computer, whatever that little Apple photo is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're going to, all right, so let's say you're going to print it and you have to export it. How do I export it? I mean, what resolution am I going to pick? You always pick the biggest one, right? I mean, that's just how you do it. And then you export it and and print it. You have to you have to test it. Like the the whole the whole line of creating a photograph has to be tested. So it works from like what you see to the camera, to capturing it, to seeing it on the computer, to seeing it on an image from whoever prints it, right? Like this, these four steps has to work for you. Mm-hmm. And if you if you haven't if you have that down, I think you can do it with whatever camera you want. One of the limitations I see also, if if you're not shooting in RAW and and you're using a device, using a camera, it shoots automatically. I assume it bumps up your ISO so that it's, you get more of the grain, like if it's a low light situation. Uh, Yeah, these phones are pretty good at making you just pick it up. Yeah. And just take a picture, like, boom. Yeah, it's pretty good. But usually I think they're always a little bit too, too bright, so you take it down a little bit, you know? You just have that. And uh, then you get you get your highlights in check. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I mean, if you don't shoot raw, you don't have much... much. Uh, you don't have a lot of wiggle room. You don't have a lot of wiggle okay. room. Yeah. So you have to be kind of careful with that. Yeah. But, I mean, I always shoot raw. So. Are you, you use Photoshop? Yeah. I use, uh, I use Lightroom uh, yeah. to, to process my raw photos. Mm-hmm. I find it to be... Just work great. And... Uh, all the you know all the major adjustments of perspective and yeah and uh, and uh, highlights and shadows and then uh, there's the second part of, of uh, uh, my edit that's uh, uh, I take all the pictures up in bridge oh, up in bridge yeah. and uh, go through each and every one of them in, in Photoshop what is what? your gear setup if you don't mind me asking it all the, sometimes I rent. I rent a lot of equipment. I look. Yeah. That's yeah. that's great. So I use. I mean, there's PPR in town. You know. So a little shout out to them. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they actually don't. They make a pretty good print too. You know. And uh, but they do rent all the equipment you need. Mm-hmm. So whatever you need. But uh, I have a couple of Nikon lenses that are really you know just sharp like that's where you want to spend your money if you want to buy equipment just buy them yeah like the best lenses the freaking world has ever created and then you can have whatever camera you want i mean i don't care if it's like 16 megapixel you're gonna you're gonna it's it's gotta be sharp you know so you like owning your owning your lenses but renting your bodies yeah sometimes i do i have like a 
I mean, I have that. I have a little camera that I mm. always carry around around me, around my neck, and that one is uh, really. It's a Fuji X100, just with a pancake lens on it, uh-huh. and uh, that's where I, I photograph all you guys with <laughs> when, right. when we're out and yeah. all the shenanigans and stuff. So, uh, so that I mean, that's I've used that for work as well. Like I, I had a big project uh, uh, with uh, Cushman Wakefield. Uh, they commissioned me to do uh, all these images, uh, street photography up and down Peachtree. And uh, in each and every uh, little conference room, they had a, a separate image from that project, and also in the hallways. And uh, they blew them up big. Like, it was sharp, it looked awesome, it was great. And, uh, like, covers, mag- magazine covers, you know, I, it's it works. It's a great oh, that's camera. awesome. Yeah. And also, since you can't take the lens off, you never get dust in it. <laughs> yeah. So it's like less work. You just get, you know what you get, you get it out, you know. I mean, but then, you know, I've been using Nikon for the past uh, several years. And uh, those lenses are real good. And, uh, but I, I am, Fuji is really impressive though. I mean, I'm, I'm leaning towards going that way, medium format. Oh, okay. They, you know they got they they got some impressive improvements. Those Japanese are pretty impressive. Well, the bodies they the bodies change. I mean, I guess it's just a fact of life in the digital yeah. world. But it just seems they change. You don't just go out and buy a body like you used to, and you're good for however many decades. Yeah, that, I mean that's the digital aspect of it. Yeah, like you can. I mean, I don't know how many. I mean, my camera probably has like a million shots taken i mean i don't know i mean it's like it just runs and runs and runs you know but they never really break down like i i never have problems with my equipment yeah but uh if you rent though you know you know you get you get it it's like it's clean it's good i mean if you have a job just rent it so kind of going back to our for the artist or gallerist looking to you could get the whole setup you could rent it and do your sh- do your shoot, and then that's it. If you know what you're doing. If you know what you're yeah, doing, yeah. setting up all the flashes and all of this yeah. other stuff. But um, no, you absolutely. Because I'm missing because I'm missing yeah. a few pieces. Yeah, and I hadn't even thought about. No. Uh, yeah. No, I mean it's definitely doable. Yeah. Uh, for sure. I mean, especially now, yeah. when everyone is looking. Yeah. On their phone. I mean, that's it. You just gotta have good looking work. Not good looking work. Your work has good look. look right. right. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah. I, I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> then you know what? I hadn't thought about the fact that you your Instagram has got to be good. <laughs> it has to be. Right? <laughs> I mean, you can't. I mean, even yeah. if it's like, you know, a picture of my mother. You know, I mean, I mean. Especially yeah, if like, it's a picture. Especially. Of right? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm going to Sweden. You know, I always, whenever I go there, I always make like a little you know, story on Instagram about, you, oh, know, you know, just, just mm-hmm. like a visual Travel story. Log. Yeah. And uh, so work, like, never really ends. I mean, you just have to do it. You got to keep, keep... Well, that's an artist, yeah. isn't it? I mean, you're yeah. always working. Yeah. Thinking, looking. Yeah. Always seeing. 
I want. I mean, that's it. These works here. Let's say someone wanted to purchase one. Would they? Uh, how would uh, they go about doing that? Well, there. Uh, you also have some things in the gift shop, I believe. Yeah, we got posters. Okay. In there. Yeah. Frederickbrower.com. All right, and then yeah. and that has an E in it, by the way. F R E D R I K. Yeah. B R A U E R. See, I'm glad we. I was so afraid we would not catch up with you before. You, yeah. You left. Glad we could do this. Oh, yeah, thanks thanks so much, Frederick. You were just listening to a live stream recording of Brain Fuzz on site from the residency at the Temporary Arts Center in Atlanta. Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform: iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Thanks for looking through the window. 